Hello, and welcome to Ride the Omnibus. I'm your host, Ariel Basca, and today I'm speaking with Véronique Jardin, the director of the new horror revenge comedy, Employee of the Month. I am delighted to be speaking with you, Véronique Jardin, about your wonderful film, Employee of the Month. It was such a delight to see a film that takes women and women's work so seriously on so many levels, while also being a revenge comedy. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit about what motivated you to make this as a horror comedy. Um, in fact, uh, I had written before that film another feature, and there was a problem with the producer. He took some money and ran to a better option for him. And uh, I, I tried to, to take a lawyer and everything, but the answer was just he was more, more powerful than me. And so I was super upset, very angry. And I, the idea, I, took, I had three options, or quit movies and say, okay, I made short films, I made documentaries, but feature will be too complicated. Or have a cancer, maybe I prepared it, I don't know yet, but for the moment, oh. <laughs> it's okay. You know, I have a bad black humor. So, you know, and uh, write something about it. And so I began to write very quickly uh, a, a kind of that story. And in fact, that story is that what happened to me was in the world of feature, producing films, everything. But what I tell is something in The Office, literally, like I was also a big fan of The Office, the, mm. the, the show. And in fact, the, the story of women is, is the same everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's surprising how completely universal all of the things that take place in this film are because a lot of them were very identifiable to me as someone who is working in teaching, which is a very female-dominated profession, but then everyone on the higher levels is always male. And so it was really fascinating to look at, in an office setting, how that same culture still pervades. It seems to pervade every profession, so I'm not surprised to hear that that came from a film perspective. But in terms of the casting, I love your casting in this film. First of all, your leads are terrific. Can you talk a little bit about finding them? Um, yes, we just two different options, in fact, uh, for the main role, Ines. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted a blonde, uh, the miss of the year, the... the who, who had been 20 years before the proms girl. You say that? Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, I was about to cast blonde women, and the, the, the casting director, uh, Sebastian Moradielos, he told me, but you have to see that girl. Uh, I was uh, in an art school with her, and in fact, she, in fact, she's very funny. And now, she, in fact, she's half uh, from uh, Arabic origin, and she had... It was complicated to find a job as an actress with that, and so now she's mostly uh, metteur en scène. She, she, she makes plays. Okay. She's not much actress. And she went and for the, the casting, and she was so funny. In fact, there, I had a few hesitations with, with other women, but she was the more comedy. Mm-hmm. So I choose her, and so that gives a cast who's half... Uh, with diversity, but it was not the idea. The idea was to take just the, the more funny actress, and she was the more funny. And for the other play, of course, the other character, sorry, 
Um, of course, I had to find uh, a black person because, you know, I'm from Belgium and Belgium has all that story with the Belgian Congo mm-hmm. and Congo. And there was something to tell also about domination and power. And so I began the casting with, I had, I needed a young actresses. So we began with uh, girls in theater schools and, and art schools. And they were all uh, our mixed race. And also a lot of them were very beautiful, very typically beautiful. And so that was not the idea because then I would have two main actresses very on the standards of beauty. And so in the end we were a bit despaired. I, I called friends and said, you don't you know someone who's young and black? And uh, I found her on uh, social media. She, she went on French, tele- French television for... Uh, Something with eloquence because she was studying law and she, she won a, a long eloquence debate. So that's what the, I called her. She went for a casting and she was also very funny, but that's the very first time she's in front of a camera. Wow, playing. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. And the way that the two women interact, and in fact, the way that all the women interact within the movie is fascinating. Because you have a battle of the sexes plot playing out, but at the same time, the way that women are keeping each other down is really so refreshing to see in this film, because very few people actually pick up on that in talking about feminism and what we as a community of women could be doing about these things. What is your feeling on how you chose to write that part of it? But for, I think my, my problem in the production film world was that, in fact, I, I'm very funny and all the people I like, in fact, are men. And mostly maybe old men, no, I don't know. But for example, I don't know, Ricky Jervis is not old yet, but I mean, <laughs> all, all those guys and same on French and Belgian movies. And there are no women making that job. And I think that maybe that's why I, I had problems to get the money because they were saying, oh, what, what is that woman? And I say, okay, and I can, I can make a fart jokes and everything. And it's so unusual that they were a bit lost, I think. So when I had that money on a very few money on a, on a special uh, a small budget movies, after that, when I call the cast, and for the men, they are, the other characters are more known or renowned in my country. It was very easy and very quick. And on the set, all those men uh, were with more experience than I was. The characters, I mean, just making their work with uh, joy, apparently, because it was very funny to do. And in fact, it was okay. They, they believed I could be funny and make funny shots and make funny scenes. And so that's what happened, I, I hope. <laughs> it's such a very confidently shot film, too. The pacing, the editing, all of it comes together in a very cohesive way. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit about what it was like to manage all of those teams. In fact, as there was a, a cohesion in the team, I mean, everyone was okay and was... All this goes quite went quite quickly in a in I think we wrote it in one or two years and shot it directly. That everyone was quite happy to make it, and I don't know. Maybe I was enough convinced, but by what I wanted to to say that in fact it was a very good surprise to me 
because there was not much money, as I said. <laughs> so all the people, you know, the DOP, the AD, everything, they were not paid that much. But they were mostly women, because, of course, if I want to talk about women, I, I've also to give work to women mostly mm-hmm. on direction uh, functions. And uh, they, they all said, it's okay, we can work for no much money because we are happy to work on that film. We are happy to work on a film we want to see. And often we work on films we are not interested in watch after. So uh, there was a very good energy and we were running ahead. And also, for example, I, I'm, I'm also wondering a lot about relation, power relations, seduction relation on sets and everything. Yeah. And for example, one of the actors, uh, Alex Vizorek, who's the stupid guy in the, in the desk, in the office, uh, he's quite famous in France. And so he learned very late that there was very much money. And so I was a bit confused about that. And I wrote him an email to say, if it's too cheap for you, you can go. And it was not true because we were about a few days from shooting, but it was a way to say, you are not uh, in a jail here. Go away if you want. Yeah. And he said, no, it's okay. It's okay. I just want to make that project. And it was, uh, I preferred to know him. He was happy to be there. Then he felt obliged to be there. Mm-hmm. And, and so, Yeah, and I think being a female director directing men in this kind of a story, there has to be a clear dynamic that's taking place. How did you feel like you had to establish yourself with the more famous men from the cast? Did you feel like there was any sense of drawing your line in the sand? No. In fact, I don't know, but really the the shooting and the cast before, uh, all of this was quite easy. In fact, I don't know, I think that there was, all the years before were complicated to me and it's still complicated on the, uh, sometimes when you have to, to have a look at, at, you, at the others and in some festivals, not here in Fantasia, obvious, obviously, but some, the place it's complicated and you, and you feel that maybe you are nothing, you, you are nothing, you are not interesting or anything, but on this project, really, I think, I don't know why, there were good vibes or maybe... When I'm at work, in fact, I don't have legitimacy problems. Hmm. I'm making the job I I can do or I want to do since I'm a kid. And so that's telling the story the best way. And so, in fact, I'm, I think my ego is somewhere else, but not on the set. So I'm only trying to, to, to find the best way to tell the story. And I'm always very open to all the, the ideas of the, the other people. Um, for example, that's, there's the, um, the police officer in the end. He, when he went for the, to try the costumes, he, we had, we thought he had a, a leather jacket, uh, driving a moto like his mm-hmm. life. And he said, no, no, I want that Colombo stuff, you know? Colombo, the, the long yeah. guy. <laughs> and we were not sure. I said, okay, let, let me think about it. And in fact, I said, okay, that's his idea. And he won. He wants to defend his character, who's a bit stupid, but to put it on his character. And it was so funny in the end. So I'm always listening to all the ideas. And when, when I think it's okay, I go for it. Yeah. No, that's a good way to work. One of the other things that I really love, in addition to talking about these power dynamics, it also feels very much like a commentary on the Me Too movement as a whole. And the way that 
women interact behind closed doors in their relationships with men and trying to justify themselves to each other. And the one scene that stood out to me particularly as a larger woman is the sexual assault confrontation. And I wondered if you could comment a little bit on how you crafted that scene, given that you didn't have casting initially. Yes. So you mean when the boss is about to be the sexual harassment just before? No. No. When, uh, when, when she's the, the two ladies the conversation about Debrot yes. and his assault and, yes. you know, oh, but you're a big girl, you can take care of yourself. Yes. And what exactly that means in terms of sexual assault in the moment. Hmm, that scene, um, it's true. I did, when we wrote it, there was no, no actresses at all, uh, in the ID. Um, <laughs> of course, I was, I'm totally moved by all the, the Me Too stuff and everything. And, uh, I read a lot of stuff. I, I listen, I try to watch everything. And so, Um, yeah, it's obvious that what we were uh, tell since we were kids that the victim is always the culpable, the, the, the responsible. Basically to blame. Voilà. And also that uh, that's the way you are dressed and that, that's also the way you look. And it's obvious that it's not. And I, and I had also friends who told me a lot of stories and I was on... Well, all the stories, I think, are not told yet. And that's why women have to tell, and women and minorities in all styles have to tell those stories. And it's true that... Uh, well, and finally, when I found the actress, so the actress who's Leticia Mambaka and plays that melody, who tells the, the assault, she really thanked me. She said, okay, that's... Uh, on a personal way, thank you for telling that story and write, writing this. And so my words, or the words I, I co-write with my, my co-writer, Nina Van Sprang, were, were her words in the end. And that's the best who can happen when the actress takes the world for herself. Absolutely. I will also say, as a larger woman who has also experienced sexual violence, it very much rings true. And it's something that a lot of people don't necessarily acknowledge is this gaslighting that occurs when you are deemed to be not attractive enough or not dainty enough to be the perfect victim. So Yes, and that's the idea and what we have to, to learn and to tell all everything everybody in our society is to say um, in fact All these assaults is not something about uh, desire or pleasure. It's just about domination. And that, of course, uh, domination likes to improve our strengthness everywhere. And especially on people that cannot uh, fight, cannot fight back, cannot... Uh, so, and of course, it's... Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it's... And the power dynamics in the office obviously make everything else that happens in the film in terms of the seduction of the secretary and the presumed lengthy affair and so forth. Honestly, that part made me throw up a little bit in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> But I really appreciate so many things that you were doing in this movie and operating on all of these levels and doing physical comedy as well. 
it's so rare to see things that are operating on so many levels where there's also so much timing also that has to be so precise within it. What is your story with comedy and timing? How do you nail that? How do you get that right? Um, in fact, when I was a kid, my father was only watching French comedies. Uh, Louis de Funès, but I don't think, you know, old, old, very old-fashioned comedies when the, from the 60s, 70s, 80s. And then me and my brother, I think, were on American movies like uh, Return to the Future, Back to the Future, Future. and uh, things like that. And um, so I think as I, I was, my mind was built on comedies. And maybe when I was a teenage, I was maybe more, a little bit on drama and everything. But <laughs> every time when I, okay, I'm, I'm thinking, I have an idea, I'm going to write it. And if, even if it's very sad, and I don't know about orphans, about disease, about death, at the moment it's, it becomes a comedy. So I hope one day maybe, uh, in five or ten years, if I'm, I'm still on production films, maybe I can write a very big drama, historical, with beautiful dresses and everything. But yeah, it's when it goes out, it's comedy. And also, uh, I think that because my family was really not from art world, from uh, cinema, for, for for example, once I was a teen, I was watching uh, an, an Eisenstein movie, you know, the Russian, mm. uh, very old, because of uh, something in class or... And my brother came and he said, what are you looking at? How can it be that people make such boring film? So that was the <laughs> idea. So when I'm making a film and, and it was hard to arrive in that world and everything, I always think that there are people uh, on the, the coach that don't watching maybe that film and they are not interested in Eisenstein and I have to keep them on the coach and watching that film. So I'm always, I think I have a, um, a bad angel <laughs> Saying it's too long, don't get boring. You can do that <laughs> if you have the if you are lucky enough to 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 say something. So I have two two things in my mind. Uh, if you want to talk, say something, and uh, if you say something, say it on a on nice way. Maybe genre. I think it can be horror movie. I I I'm very interested in movies from the genre, but saying something interesting. For example, I saw Face Off, you know the John Woo mm-hmm. was going to play? I saw it uh, years ago, I was very young, and it was a big movie, it was an action movie, but I, I, I thought, okay, that guy, the director, is, is asking interesting questions about identity, about yourself and everything, so that's what interests me, in fact. Saying things, but to a large, large audience who's maybe not interested in feminism, in uh, political questions, and everything. And also, I'm, I want, I, I, when I say a film, you have to say something, but I'm against film with subjects. You know, when you say, oh. uh, okay, my idea is that subject, uh, I, yes, subject, okay, that's the arena of your idea, but it's not a, a film idea. You have to make it on movies. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to, like, create a world for that to exist in. You can't just, you know, make it about an idea because the second it's about an idea and not a feeling as you're writing, of course. Uh, if you can't feel it, it, it's not going to translate. Definitely. 
And that's why an idea it's nice and talking about immigration disease everything, but it's not enough. You and yeah, you have to feel it inside. That's the most important. And I felt injustice and sexism very deep inside. <laughs> so wonderful. Well, I want to thank you so much for this interview. I think that's a great place to leave it. So thank you so much. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And thank you for taking a moment right now to reflect with me on the history of the land you are listening on now. Whether you are stuck in traffic or sitting in your office chair, take the time to look up whose traditional lands you are on now and what treaties govern those territories. I record this podcast on the site of lands stolen from the Manahoac people. I am grateful to work on this land and I acknowledge that we need to protect and honor the history of the indigenous people from other tribal nations that have made innumerable contributions around the world. I share this in the hope that my listeners may join me in honoring our past, present, and future. Without this land, this earth, and each other, we are nothing. Before I go, please take 30 seconds now to leave us a five-star review by clicking on support the show in the show notes. We don't want your money. We want your words. A simple RTO rocks my socks expands our reach and helps us keep bringing you great content. And connect with us on Instagram and Twitter where we are at Omnibus Ride. You can also visit our website, omnibusride.com, where you can go to dive deeper into our content and learn more about the show. A special thank you to our amazing editor, William Das. We truly couldn't do what we do without him or Danielle. Be well, be safe, and keep in touch.